Athletic Brewing. I cracked open an Upside Dawn Golden Athletic Brew. And let me say this. No matter what you're looking for in a great non-alcoholic beer, the answer is always athletic. Great flavor? It's athletic. Award-winning styles? It's athletic. Huge variety? It's athletic. Fit for all times. That's a registered trademark, guys. Enjoy them anytime, anywhere, without ever slowing down your summer. Beach days, music festivals, swim meets, camping, late nights, early mornings, literally wherever summer takes you. And here's the best part to me, zero hangovers the next day. Mm -hmm. This summer, ask for the only non-alcoholic beer or brew you need to know. Athletic. Head to askforathletic.com to find it near you and use code TA2024 to get 15% off your first online order. That's code TA2024 at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. Today's episode of the Back to Back Podcast is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimum. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to backtoback.robinhood.com. That's backtoback.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield APY on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Kobe, not to twist your words or read too much into what you said, but being around young players energized you. That's not a statement about maybe you'd like to see some young players on your team? Wow. That, <laughs> you know what? That's a Bikram yoga stretch. You stretched the hell out of it. Good job. Good job. I'm not even going to answer that. That's just silly. Next. Freddy boy. Um, I, I need a minute. I haven't, I haven't set up anything on, on my computer or, or why, why are you on set set up my computer? Because you just, because James you could have been set up phone. by now. That's a James classic Ethan move. What am I supposed Clock's to ticking. I got a text from smelts, a, so, a solid 30 seconds. Ago. You could be set up right now. Why are you still talking? <laughs> I thought you were a professional, Fred. Because, because more than a professional. Kick him off. Cats, smelts, and Strauss, your new law firm. <laughs> <laughs> the law firm, it's a deli. Okay. Anything you want. The move is to not answer on your phone, and then when you get on your computer, you can just jump in. Well, I just wanted to <laughs> kick them off. Come for tax advice and leave with a pastrami sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is a genius idea. I like this. This is like when a when a, when a food cart has everything, right? We have mm-hmm. pizza, we have falafel, we have tacos. Like just pick, just pick. What a are you good at? Specializing. It's, right. it's a wellness center. I don't it's want cheap. getting a pastrami sandwich from the same people that my teeth. clean my teeth and like fix my tax. Yeah, there's something wrong. With that. <laughs> You're right. Got the grease stain on the taxes. Stuff in your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I come here? That accent. <laughs> That's my New York Jewish accent. No? That was certainly an accent. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was. Hey, Dave. Yes. Zach's birthday today. Yeah, I know. Amazing. The one that told you. It's amazing. <laughs> so, hey, let me ask you, Zach, just because yeah. it's your birthday. I have, were you like a big birthday guy like your whole nah. life? No, nah, never. Yeah. I never, I never cared like, about it. So it's always like I don't want to I don't want to plan and do anything. But if people like want to get together yeah. and celebrate, like I'm in. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't care about my birthday. Like I don't care about my birthday. But like, right? People want to do something. Like yeah, hell yeah, I want to hang out with everyone. Like that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, it's never something like it's my birthday month. Like I'm not like Waz where it's like birthday <laughs> week. You know, like it's, it's my birthday for six months. Yeah. Did you just plan a karaoke for tomorrow? <laughs> I didn't plan it. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, James, I'm going to be out the next you. three weeks. 
on my YY. Yeah. It's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we had like a we had like a four day window to try to figure out a live show in January, February, because the rest of the time I was like, I'm celebrating my birthday. I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> I say. I said there is one weekend in particular uh-huh. that would have a birthday. I'm open to all the other weeks. I'm even open to my birthday weekend. It just, and I we just can't guarantee that you'd show up to the show. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Show oh, speaking of the show, uh, March 28th, Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. Still got a couple of tickets left. You don't want to miss this show. The, show's gonna, the show guests are going to have a lot of power. Uh, you can come and join us, be part of our entourage. Turtle. Oh my god, that's amazing. What? <laughs> that's pretty good. That was pretty good. That was really but yeah, great. Yeah, go to go to countthedings.com. There's an Eventbrite uh, link there under the live show to get tickets. Uh, still some tickets left. I don't think there are any VIP left, but there's still general admission tickets left. You don't, don't want to miss this one. Like, legitimately, the one we've been building up to over the last couple of years is this show. You don't want to miss it. This is it. This is it, baby. Well, I don't know about this. No, I don't know about that. This, I mean, <laughs> sure, we can scare them into buying tickets, but I don't. I don't know the. Okay, I'm in. Fred's coming. Catch in the bag. You know what? I call Kobe. He said, "What's up, Dwight? You know how you doing? You know." <laughs> so I was like, "Man, I'm just happy." <laughs> And he would say, hey, man, yo, 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 listen, yo, you know, L.A. is happy to have you, you know, you're part of the team now, you know, you know, and, um, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, getting this, getting this ring, man, you know, you know, I'm happy for you, man. It's, it's all over with, you know. Welcome to the Back to Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. Lock it in! There's like someone drilling next door to me right now. Can you hear yeah. it? Congratulate them on the second. This is the basketball buzz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Logic and reason. With Zach Harper. Oh man, if you put Gordy in Atlanta, we can kiss Waz goodbye from Los Angeles. <laughs> Big Waz. Kristen's beautiful words about pop are the best advertisement for the CIA I've ever heard in my entire life. I've seen the machine in the basement of Madison Square Garden turning out $100 bills. <laughs> yeah, this isn't for weed. This is a you know, lifetime achievement award. <laughs> right now, that he's getting. I've been wanting to say that for a long time. South will rise again. I'll tell oh you boy. that much. Oh, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what I think. I, I don't think it's inconsistent. I want to apologize for all the physical and mental abuse the whole time you were here. You've been popped, right? Y- yes. <laughs> he may have big bones, but he doesn't have big meniscus. What? Why would I wear pants or shorts or anything? Everyone does well when you have good results. Produced by Jade Hall. A lot of women have in the dating apps with Jeff Goldberg. It's enough of a thing that Jeff Goldberg has commented on. Right. If they get caught, he gets thrown in jail. Mecca of basketball. Are you making calls for Fred Cat? Because Cass has been killing it. I don't know if he's that good. <laughs> Everybody knows if you go back in time, don't do anything. The ramifications can be quite severe. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension. New What's up, buddy? All right. Uh, welcome to the Basket Buds podcast of the back-to-back podcast of the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Fred Katz, joined by Dave DeFour, joined by Mo Dakil, joined by Watson Lambrey. We're going to have uh, Ethan Strauss at some point. we got Mike Smeltz doing stuff behind the scenes. we got Jade Hoy doing stuff behind the scenes. And um, it's been a couple of days since the tragedy. We're, we are going to talk some basketball on this one, but I, I wanted to... You know, kind of open the floor if anyone hasn't had a chance to talk about the passing of Kobe Bryant, the passing of his daughter, the passing of those other seven passengers um, who who lost their lives in, in the crash on on Sunday morning. Um, Mo, I know, I know you've you've game planned against him before, right? Like you've you've done the work in the at the NBA level, uh, you've done the work at the international level when uh, you were part of uh, Team Australia's uh, staff. Like, what what were your what was it like game planning for Kobe? That's what I'll ask. I mean, it was scary as hell, dude. Like he, there's game planning for Kobe is just like you're you're like okay, we're just gonna hopefully he misses lots of shots, you know. Like hopefully he's not gonna hit his normal number. Hopefully we can make it tough for him. Uh, you're, you're then thinking, okay, if it's close, we have to have a whole different defense ready to go for him. Um, he was just another level and it was, you know, if it was a close game with two minutes left and he was in the game, you were scared and you knew that there was a potential of like, wow, this is, 
this is usually where he tries to shine and he has the ability to do it. And you're, you're very concerned at that point. Um, and even in the, with team Australia, you know, I was, I just went back and looked at the game, you know, we get eliminated by team USA. It was a close game. It was a six point game with five minutes left in the third quarter. And Kobe, who hadn't played much throughout the the Olympic run at that point, uh, this is 2012. He he comes in, hits a three, puts him up nine, then gets a turnover on a fast break, and I mean like just him all alone gets the ball, takes a corner three. That's a six zero run in like 40 seconds, you know. And we never get close again after that. And then he hits four more threes against us the rest of the game. I mean, that was just the kind of stuff like he rose to the occasion when the team needed it. You know, you, you knew he always could do that. And that was just such a hard thing to game plan for. You just were never prepared for it. Yeah, it sounds like a nightmare. I mean, that's that's the one thing like I've kind of started to appreciate more over the years is is getting to talk to players, getting to talk to coaches and stuff. And, and just like when – and obviously Kobe was – at a historic level with this stuff, but I, I, you know, it trickles down to other players of like, like Dave, I just have this appreciation. Like when I, when it don't matter what people think, like that guy's inefficient, whatever, like when there is a guy that the entire defense is like, shit, we gotta, we gotta slow this guy down tonight. Like that, that fear or respect or whatever you want to call it. Like that stuff I've come to like, I don't know, man, maybe we should talk about this guy a little differently because that's a problem. Well, because we only think about efficiency in the terms of what it means right. in 2020. Like, we don't consider the fact that the, the majority of Kobe's career was post-illegal defense, yeah. pre-spacing. Right? You know how difficult it is to shoot under those conditions? And and it's not like he grew up like the guys now where he grew up shooting threes and comfortable shooting threes. Like, it's a different game. And we say this all the time. But we forget that that weird period from like 2000 to 2010 or 11, where we had the old school style under new conditions. And and so, you know, without that context, you would look at his numbers, which is, look, let's be honest, what most people do when they when they knock him as a player. They just look at the numbers and with zero context. And they're like, oh, he was just a chucker. Which is garbage, completely throws out uh, everything that. You know, that matters in the NBA. I mean, the the most bankable skill is shot creation. That's the one you can make the most money with. And Kobe was the best at it the whole time he was in the league. That that, that needs to matter. Yeah, I think what, what Dave and, and, and Mo just illustrated, um, and, you know, just thinking about it uh, since Sunday, um, and people have mentioned is just the reverence the other players have. And I think that's why, right? Like the idea that a game plan can't work on them can't work on him. The idea that a fantastic contest won't really matter. It's just a matter of if he makes it a miss or not. Just, you know, sort of the inevitability of Kobe, um, I think is what resonate with the players. Because I think players respect stuff that they themselves can't do. And, you know, to watch Kobe just master every skill offensively, right? Whether it be dribble, whether it be shooting, whether it be post-move footwork, um, core strength, whatever you want to call, whatever it took to be, you know, a great offensive player. Kobe basically mastered all of it. He could pass to, even though, let's face it, he didn't do a lot of it in, until he, like, really, really, really <laughs> felt like it. <laughs> right. um, but he was good at it. He, like, he was a great passer. That's, you know, like, that That was kind of my um, one quibble with Kobe. It was just like, this guy, if he wanted to, could just basically be stocked in. If he felt like it. Oh, he could have led the league in assists. It just kind of wasn't wired that way, you know. But, like, every offensive skill he had a mastery of. And I think the players, all of the players, you know, if you took a player poll and asked him who was better than Kobe, I mean, if asked him if Kobe was better than LeBron, man, he would win that thing by a landslide. Um, People like us, it was just like, I mean, come on, it's freaking LeBron. Like, this, this stuff kind of speaks for itself. But players do not feel like th- that. And players who played against both both of them at various stages of their career, they're always talking about, no, 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 it was Kobe, it was Kobe, it was Kobe. Well, that guy was a great defender as well. He was a great rebounder. I mean, he he was he's one of the, you know, let's say 15 best players to ever play in the NBA. And you can't tell the story of the NBA without talking about Kobe Bryant for a good the, chunk. The one thing I really liked about 
Kobe and the stories we're hearing more now. It's like in 2000, he's still a young kid. He's at the All-Star game. He's asking Gary Payton, how can I be the best defender? You know, we've we've seen clips of him working with Hakeem Olajuwon. Like he always wanted to just continue to develop the craft and continue to work on the game and add things to it nonstop. I mean, how many guards are going to a center going like, teach me the post, teach me your footwork and things like that? Like you, you didn't see it then. You don't even see it that much now. And I think that's kind of, Part of what made him so so special was just that that thirst for knowledge of how do I get better and how do I continue to improve. Yeah, I was um, so I watched like like four four and a half hours of Kobe interviews yesterday morning and and players talking about Kobe and um, and you know two years ago or two and a half years ago whatever it was uh, Kobe was issuing his his challenges on social media he challenges Giannis to win MVP right and so the next year in 2018. Giannis worked out with Kobe during the summer. And so there's an interview in, I think, September with Jim Paschke and, and Giannis. And um, and so Giannis is talking about the workouts and everything. And the excitement that Giannis is, like, describing all this stuff with and what he learned from Kobe and stuff. Like, that reverence was just, like, like it just floored me. Like, it was just – it was cool to see. Like, it's cool to see the greatest players in the world, right, be in awe of somebody that does what they do, but they, but just doesn't better. Right. Like that, like that's, that's the, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is like with, you know, someone, you know, Russell Westbrook or, or whoever, right. Eric Bledsoe, like so, someone we've all, you know, kind of needled and crapped on stuff. And we're like, Oh, that guy's terrible. And you think about like how hard they've worked and what they've sacrificed to get to where they are in the world, to where they're one of the 100, 200 best players, whatever, right? And to think like that we just dismiss, and I'm obviously including this, that we just dismissively go like, ah, that guy's not good. Oh, that guy's not good enough for it, whatever. And it's just like, to me, like, it's such a stupid thing that that I do, that we do. And, and thinking about like, now thinking about people doubting like Kobe's legacy and what Kobe's meant. And all it is is just a reaction to what his fans we're loudly saying on the internet, right? Like that. I feel like that's all it's been is just like, oh, I don't like his fans. So I'm going to take him down because his fans are annoying. And it's just, it's just like, I've just been thinking about that a lot last couple of days of like, like, it's just kind of dumb. Like it's kind of dumb the way we've talked about these historical players. And I get it. Like it's, it can be fun. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, say don't do it or whatever. Like it can be a fun conversation, but it's just put it in perspective. Like, man, that dude was, that dude was a historical problem. It's a good thing we don't dislike other people <clears throat> in other contexts of life just because their followers are annoying. It's a good thing that yeah, doesn't. Yeah, no, it only applies to the NBA. It just actually applies to Kobe Bryant, yeah. and that's that's it. It's yeah. the only situation in which that like ruins. Society. It's crazy that that's all that's all that happened. Yeah. What what like really got to me like Zach? Zach, you talk about like Giannis uh, just being so excited to be with Kobe. Something that there there have been. St- a number of things that I've just watched or listened to in the last two days. And I've just been like, it just really hits me. And even, even for some reason, I still don't expect it to hit me. And then it, it still does every single time. Uh, but one that really got me in the moment was when we were talking to Bradley Beal after the game in Atlanta on Sunday. And Brad said with this, like feeling of like, what if that Kobe had that camp for a number of players, last summer and Brad said he had an invite, but he turned it down because his son, it conflicted with the birth of his son. And he obviously had to be there for, for his son. And he was just standing there saying like, but man, like he kind of said, like, I, I figured I'd be able to get two minutes, five minutes of advice from him at some point. And it's just, I'm not going to be able to do that right now. And like what, what the amount that it would be worth just to get two minutes of advice from him yeah. would have just been, you know, priceless. And it was just such a, it was such a depressing moment, almost like he had in that moment, like the realization of like, God, like what, what is, what is happening that I'm not going to be able to get these two minutes of advice ever now, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I was, I had drinks with, with Miles Brown last night. We were talking about a lot of this stuff about like Kobe was supposed to be, I think other people have said this too, but like Kobe was supposed to be our Bill Russell, right? Kobe was supposed to be, this generation's about Russell of like impart, you know, giving the, the knowledge of the game, the tricks, having the leadership, having the, you know, being the mentor to all these 
all these younger players, both as a as you know as a professional and as a basketball player and all that stuff. And and now that knowledge is just um, it's taken. And so like Ethan, you Ethan Strauss is with us now. Like Ethan, you've written a lot about you know um, building winners and building championships and the fall of them and everything. And like it's kind of, like it's just it's crazy to think. And obviously, there's a lot of loss here. So I'm not saying one is. I'm just talking about this uh, subject. But like it's crazy to think like that knowledge is just is just gone. Like that leadership is gone. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really think about that. I didn't really think about his ability to be some uh, a mentor for other players. Uh, I thought of him more as a mentor for the culture writ large. And in a way, I think that he almost hearkened back to an older time, even during his own time. And it seems as though, especially with the growth of social media, people are more connected. Uh, they're into seeming empathetic. They're into their vulnerabilities. There's a confessionalism about it. Uh, and you see it with players talking about mental health and whatnot. And that's all fine and well, and that's for the good. But I think that's not why people necessarily uh, tune into athletes. They want athletes to be bigger than us and they want them to be tougher than us and they want them to show us how to lead how to conquer how to dominate and kobe completely embraced that role he was almost like a self-help guru as a basketball player um and yeah if there's too much of that i can understand uh that, that could be an issue but it seemed like the balance was shifting the other way and he was still steadfast and i think he was in part beloved for it at least that's that's what i saw he was he, he was the basketball self-help guru in addition to being this mentor to other superstars of his generation I, I almost think it went even beyond basketball like yesterday um the tennis player uh uh God, i was about to say Jokic, but uh no, he, uh, plays, for, he plays for the nuggets no back yeah. Yeah, yeah, Novak. You know, after after the he wins his tennis match, you know they always sign the the camera, you know, and, so, and give it an autograph. And instead, he just put, you know, uh, KB twenty four eight GG love you and drew a heart. Like, I mean, it, it, Kobe ascended even basketball. It was across all sports. He had Neymar giving him tributes. Yeah. You had uh, Cristiano Ronaldo tweeting. You had, I mean, like just all over. Um, so it's. Even though he was ours, you know, in terms of basketball and he was our guy, he, he, he took this to another level too, where he reached so many other people across so many different sports, the WNBA, the NFL, all those, everybody was responding to it, you know? So, um, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to see that reach now. You know, I, I wrote about this yesterday of like, you know, Kobe and Allen Iverson are really the only two, like, legends right now who seem to openly appreciate what they're talking about right or openly appreciate today's i guess reggie miller to a certain extent and, and chris weber sort of when he's not talking about analytics is it, is it, is it reggie miller just because he goes whoa yeah like reggie happens. miller just seems in like in awe of anything that happens on a basketball court but but it's like wow. but it's different but everyone yeah. yeah but everyone else is everyone else is Child talking like about wonder. like and hell i do radio with some of these guys everyone's like oh man the nba that this anymore no it's not this anymore and every and it's like kobe I mean, I watch, I watch this, like, oh, I can't remember what's called. What's the thing called? Detail? Um, I watched him, like, he was breaking down summer league footage of Trey Young, like, a year ago, uh, like, like, a, like some blogger. Like, he was, you know, like, oh, this is where he could pass here and all this. Like, Kobe was, was encouraging and celebrating today's game and, and telling people what was great about it and what, you know, what, you know, you should look forward to and everything. And, you know, Iverson talks reverently about, um, about today's players and everything. And it's just like, it, it's such a rare ambassadorship from former players that like, I, it just, as I was writing that yesterday, I was just like, man, I wish more greats like celebrated this game and geeked out over it the way Kobe was openly doing. And maybe they or do on some level. And they're just saying anything. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Like, like you're better off. If you, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. If you care about, you know, the health of the game, which clearly he did, right? Like, yeah, that's, I, I think this is the thing that we haven't even really seen yet is Kobe's effect on the grassroots and the stuff that he was doing, like the, the Mamba Academy and all of that stuff. We haven't seen the fruits of that yet. No. And man, I really want to know what's going to happen with the Mamba Academy. Um, yeah, I, 
I wonder what that what is what is with that? That's that's interesting that Kobe and Iverson, who were derided as as selfish for at least part of their careers, are the most gracious in retirement. Um, I I don't know what that is. It's selfish, but not haters. Well, right. Well, so I I looked at it like, and granted, this is me completely speculating and and trying to figure out. But like, I wrote like that. There's an I think there's an inherent insecurity that comes with being great. Right. Because everyone's constantly challenging your legacy, questioning your legacy and everything. But it seemed like with Kobe, once he got to the end, that insecurity went away and he was just at peace. He was like, no, I did what I did. I had an like he had one of the greatest careers of all time. He did what he did. And now he just wanted to appreciate things. And I don't I don't think that goes away. I think I think that insecurity doesn't go away for a lot of guys. It it reminds me of um, how Michael Jordan would say that he wasn't nervous because he practiced so hard. You know, why be nervous? Why would I be nervous? I practiced. I practiced my ass off. At that point, you've tried your best. Whatever happens is up to God in that game. And I think Kobe might have had that sort of career where he worked so maniacally hard that even if he didn't catch Michael Jordan, even if he would have wanted more championships, it's not like he could have looked himself in the mirror and said, I could have done this or I could have done that. And I think with some of these other guys, it's just not the case. Some of these other guys, yeah, maybe they worked hard to get where they are, but maybe their gifts were such that they didn't completely need to. And maybe they look at the situation and go, ha, I could have done this or I could have done that. And they're haunted by what they could have achieved. I don't think Kobe would have had any reason to feel that way. He left it all out there. I think that's well documented. So maybe that's partially what allowed him to have such comfort with the game in retirement. Maybe that's it, like knowing he couldn't have worked harder, right? He left everything on the court. Yeah. I mean, literally he did. Yeah, <laughs> literally, yeah. You know, he, he might be one of the few guys, I'm sure that, you know, he wanted to win more rings and all that stuff. But I think that if you look at the entirety of his career, if you put yourself in his shoes, it, it would be easy to say, yeah, I don't have any regrets. I don't see why he should. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe a few like the, the Shaq stuff, but like, not Nothing on the, on the court. court, and he got to do what he wanted, right? Like, he stayed with the Lakers. They even rewarded yeah. him with that contract that, you know, was probably detrimental to the team, but, you know, for the relationship that he had to the team and the city, um, it made sense because uh, people still turned out in droves to watch him. Even though the team wasn't very good, people still tuned in at home, and the tickets um, still sold out very quickly because um, people were drawn to Kobe. It kind of didn't matter <laughs> That the team was, was. They outdrew the Clippers who were good during Of that. course. <laughs> like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even a contest. It was like, I, I mean, I was there. I was like, we're, we're winning games, guys. Like, if anybody wants to come to our, our games, <laughs> you know. And, and <laughs> his just, last game. Yeah, Look, basically. His last game overshadowed the Warriors winning 73. Yeah, I don't think there's a guy more popular in a major American city than Kobe was in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe so Obama in Chicago. I, I guess you could come up with some names. <laughs> right. You could come up with some names maybe, but it, – Waz's it, boy Jeter in New York. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I think Jeter, Jeter New York. Jeter's big in New York, but I don't know, man. It's like obviously there are way more Yankee fans than Met fans, but the proportion is not the same – as Clippers and, and Lakers. And, it's just and, 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 and Jeter's just not as much a presence in the culture as Kobe was. Jeter is beloved no. because he was in the background. And he was never screwing up. He was never embarrassing himself. But Kobe. Mike Trout's not invoking Jeter <laughs> in everything that he yeah. does. You know, like, it's just not the same. You're right. You're totally right. And what's what's crazy is tra- the, in the difference of the cultures is that like and this just shows goes to show the the lack of personality in baseball compared to basketball. Yeah. And I say this as a huge baseball yeah. fan. Trout's favorite player growing up was Jeter. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Jersey loving Derek Jeter. So like it's just crazy that that you see it come across in so many basketball players and not as much in other sports. Yeah, I mean, we're talking not just athletes, but just People, I mean, Kobe is a secular saint in Los Angeles. It's on a level beyond what you see um, in almost any other city. And it speaks also just to how unusual it is for a guy to play two decades, um, two decades with the same team and have that level of success. Uh, It is, I mean, you almost have to have been in Los Angeles a while to really see what it is. But he's, he's a religious figure. He really is. And you can see the evidence of that. 
um, after after his tragic passing. Um, I yeah, I just don't. I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this. I lived it, Ethan. Like I was a Laker fan growing up. Like I was in high school when when the Lakers drafted Kobe. I was I would have been a Kobe stan if I wasn't working in basketball and 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 now in media and all of that stuff. You know, it wasn't until I had to scout against a guy that that it went away. But you know, and you're right. Like he was larger than life. Even then, even when he took Brandy to the prom, like that's all we talked about. Like, this is going to be, this is gonna be so cool. This is going to be awesome. Um, you know, so it's just, and that's why the city's so hurt right now. Like, you know, the, the guys who was and Zach who are in LA now, like how many Kobe jerseys did you see yesterday? I mean, I, it, it was everywhere. Oh, man, they were, they were everywhere, yeah. You know, and it's the same case today, and 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 you can kind of feel almost a depressed sort of level of the city a bit um, because of it, because there is just a real sense of like, wow, like you know, some people saying he's the king or whatever, but I really feel like it's like L.A. feels like it lost its son, you know, and 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 we don't know what to do yet. I'll just I just miss his interviews, man. He was so fascinating. I don't know him the way some of the other media members, especially in LA, know him, but just in a scrum, you would give him a question and he would always turn it into something interesting. It he was, was like, so he was so weird, right? Yeah, like yeah, so he was weird. just so weird. <laughs> it was like you would it was like tossing him a piece of paper and he was just gonna do some crazy origami and just yeah. produce something that you couldn't have anticipated. I mean, the one I'll remember is when Andrew Bynum shot a three, and that was back when big men didn't do that. <laughs> right. uh, they didn't shoot threes, and that was that disastrous Lakers season. Uh, Mike Brown was the coach at the time, and he benched Bynum. And uh, we and there were just a few people in the media room. I think Mark Spears was there, and we asked him about it. And he just went into the – we asked Kobe about it, and we just expected Kobe to kill Bynum. But he just went into this long speech about how sometimes to be great, great – to be truly great, and you could empathize with with, uh, with what Bynum was doing. You have to go outside what the coach thinks you can do, and it was so trendsetter, man, trendsetter. But it's just every every time. I don't know what that gift was, but you just see him in any interview, and it's a compelling interview. And sometimes it could seem like self-parody, but it seemed like he was in on the self-parody. He did those Kobe system ads uh, with Kanye. And if you remember that, where he was mocking the idea of his public persona in the ad. He was just so adroit later in his career at how to present himself to the public, which I think only added uh, to why the public resonated to him so much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a great episode of The Lead today. Uh, the Kamenetsky brothers join. By the way, sports fans, we have a daily sports podcast we want to tell you about from Wondery and The Athletic. It's called The Lead. Every weekday morning, The Lead brings you a deep dive into the biggest sports stories of the day from The Athletic's all-star team of local and national sports reporters. Stories like where did the 49ers start, new star running back Raheem Mostert come from? Uh, what can Zion Williamson do for the Pelicans? The lo- life and career of Kobe Bryant? Uh, any of those so if you're looking for the full story behind last night's scores and today's hot takes, make sure you subscribe to The Lead from Wondery and The Athletic. Uh, it's really one of the best listens I have every single morning. From Wondery and The Athletic, I'm Anders Kelto. And I'm Kavitha Davidson. And this is The Lead. It felt like something great was happening. I, I do want to get into basketball. And there is no easy transition, but one of the funniest losses of all time happened last <laughs> night. It was great. Mo, Mo and I couldn't even break it down on the ding. Like we were just no. Oh I mean, I, like so. So all right, because of, because of what happened Sunday, you know, we we pushed uh, power rankings. I still did the power rankings, but they're coming out um, tomorrow, I believe. Um, and so I put a note in there, like everything is up through Sunday night, right? Like you know, I'm not changing anything based on the results Monday or Tuesday. Like that's it is just what it is, and it's you know a weird time lapse or whatever. And so in it. Spoiler alert for the Wolves section. I was just like, wow, this team sucks. This team sucks. They're terrible right now. They haven't, you know, Carl Anthony Towns hasn't won a game since November 27th. Like it's been two months, blah, blah, blah. And then I even wrote at the time of this, because it was at the time I wrote it, they hadn't played the Thunder yet um, during the weekend. I said, I said, I'm just going to assume they lost to the Thunder. And then when I, when I went back and saw the result of the game, I said, yep, they did. Like, I just like, I'm assuming losses at this point. Right. And so I'm, I'm ready to head out last night and I look and I'm watching the game for a little bit and they're up like 20 and they're just cruising in the third quarter. And I thought, 
oh, they've kind of made what I wrote look a little stupid here, but I trust that they'll blow this lead and they'll and they'll find a way to make my words come true. Like, and it was just, and then I didn't look at it until late last night, and I saw, I saw some comment about, wow, I can't believe the Kings won this game on Twitter. I was, and I was like, oh right, I got to check the score, and I see that the Kings won in overtime, and then they were down what, like seventeen with like three minutes left, seventeen with two forty nine left. Unbelievable. So I got the stats that we had last night or this yeah. morning on the ding. Yeah, hit me. NBA teams were zero, zero wins with 8,378 losses when trailing by 17 or more in the final three minutes of the fourth quarter or overtime. This is the first time <laughs> a team has blown a lead that big. So absurd. Yeah. So, so. so I hope hopefully this humor isn't too dark, but somebody said it was the ultimate Kobe tribute because they gave up a 24 point lead with eight minutes to go. Wow. Oh. It's wow. impossible. Oh. Like I, I have never seen anything like it. The Kings scored 30 no, no points. Look at, look, read that. Ever. Stat again. <laughs> I mean, just, it's, it is. I mean, it's a regular season game between two awful teams, but like, this is a historic single game collapse. They gave a, 33 points in six minutes and 36 seconds. Dude, they gave up the the offensive rebound to the shooter. <laughs> like, I, but wait, to be fair, that was perfect. No, no, no. That was perfect it execution. Was per- by it was perfect Fox. execution. But the way there was no time, to, there was no time to get in there for the rebound with anyone. Like, I actually think that that was, there's yeah, nothing thing, they can do. That there. thing went a hundred miles an hour off, yeah. the, off the rim. And he was lane violating. Yeah. Which, now the thirty-one minute, call. the thirty-one points I, before that, we can talk I, I, about. Hey, hey, I got, I got to take. I kind of like when the refs help the collapse a little bit along. I'm kind oh, of into it. Absolutely, like when they just nudge it. You know, like oh, we're gonna call that uh, three point. You know, that three point foul shot. We're gonna yeah. just, we're just gonna nudge this along right here. No, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Here's a question. You know, Wolves fans want Saunders fired today. It would seem based on the internet, and um, they're really angry and it's in the context of all this other losing um but you know why is it worse to have it in your midst and lose it versus if they had just played a game where they lost by 10 and they were never really in it the whole time what, what is that logical you control is that logical? Clock, no. right like the clock is your friend it, it, like i just can't understand how do you not burn Two minutes and 49 seconds with 17 so, points. So, so, so you think it's like indicative of something worse that you yes. can't. Well, no. Th- th- so, yeah. But here's but here's my here's my counter to that, Dave, is – and Grant, all right, this isn't a great comparison because now we're crossing sports, sure, right? Sure, But when you get a big lead in football and then you change the way they play to try to like preserve – you know, run the clock or preserve the clock or whatever, prevent right? You go into offense? prevent defense. I hate yeah. prevent offense. Well, prevent, prevent offense, whatever. prevents right. you from winning, right? But – Right, exactly. But you you change the way that you're playing, that you're changing the way that you got the lead. For the Wolves or any basketball team in that in that scenario, I kind of get continuing to do it. I'm not saying you're necessarily wrong about like running more clock, but I do kind of understand the idea of like we got this lead playing this way. Like and now if the Kings counter and all of a sudden you're like you're losing this lead and you need to adjust. I'm not saying you don't need to adjust or whatever, but there's part of me that's like you kind of got to stick with what got you. Well, right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a mistake. They pulled Andrew Wiggins and he was cooking, right? Like, so there's a few things there, right? Like they went yeah. away from what was working because they pulled Andrew yeah, Wiggins. he was great. And he was having a great game. But also, For again, sure. basketball is just a little bit different because you can do the same actions and still kill time. So, I mean, we see it all the time where they wait until eight seconds to hit the high, the high screen and roll, right? Like, because you want to yeah. essentially use up as much of that clock as you can. And I just... Honestly, do not see how it was possible. I mean, the wolves. I mean, the wolves, clearly, the wolves would have been better off just taking four twenty-four second shot clock violations. Like it was, sure. like just yeah, not even sure. not even getting a shot up or anything. Yeah. Just stand in the corner and dribble until the shot clock is that runs out, which tells you everything you need to know about the team. Well, I mean, that, like that team's not good. No, yeah. they're I mean, awful. Like, there's there's very little talent on that clearly. team. I mean, they're 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 starting Shabazz Napier. Listen, it was right? so bad when they when they were winning by twenty. Kings fans who have had a, an awful season were apoplectic. Yeah. Mm. The Kings, their fans are going nuts. Oh, we got to fire Walton, which maybe, you know, all of these things. And then they blew that lead to the other saddest team in the league. 
I kind of feel like the Warriors should strike all the irons hot and, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if they could possibly, they're saying we're not trading towns, but maybe Roko plus like, yeah. like 10 first round picks. Like they just like, see, see what they can get, you know? <laughs> well, Wiggins looked pretty good last night. You want, can I interest you in one of those? Uh, yeah. I, don't think much, I don't think there's much interest in that, um, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, look, maybe see what you can get. Read it tomorrow in the power rankings. That team sucks. How many first round picks plus Roco for for Russell? I mean, how many first round picks until you so, go, whoa, that's a high. This is a team that just blew this huge lead and they're going to add, you know, another guy that can't really defend. Hey, I mean, look, nah, but he can score. it's, what, it, yeah, it's, it's right. what they want. Yeah, it's what they want. I mean, look, I hey, I agree. Yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> it's a little weird that this is the answer well, to all the, their ills. I was, this, I is was the on this is the problem with having friends. By, right? by yeah. the way, by the way, by the way, I have to say, and I haven't written about this, but it's just an observation that I mean, Russell's defense. Maybe you could say that in a situation where the Warriors were competitive and it mattered if they won, that we would see a different side of him, but. Just staggeringly bad. Just staggeringly. Yeah, it's it really, bad. really bad. Ethan, what's your overall impression of D'Angelo Russell? Because I came into the season like the guy played two and a half months of good basketball in his whole life in the NBA, and people went crazy. Um, and I'm just very skeptical of this guy's ability to like do things on a team that's actually good or matters. What's your well, take? Well, on? Ethan, before you answer real quick, like it's weird to go get a pick and roll point guard for a coach who hates, hates the pick it. and roll, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, it might be. I think they've worked with it. And I think, I mean, offensively, he has some nights where he's really impressive. And he's young, so you would expect, you know, you would expect him to improve going forward. And you know, that that talent is real. Now, at the rim, you, you might want him. I think the thing that ultimately prevents him from being a superstar is just not being that guy around the rim and around floater range. Um, you know, if you had that, then maybe he's there. That's but the defensively, problem, I, I know in like the, the maybe the 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 average fan, right? Like the casual fan. And who, who can blame the casual fan? Because he was really breaking down defense on that granular level. But they probably think like Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, you know, relatively the same sort of defense that you're getting. I mean, it's not it's not even close. I mean, there's 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 a big, big gap. It's it's huge. And um it's it's bad, man. It's really, really bad. And I think it's bad in part because I don't think it's just ability. And if you're going to invest this much of your franchise's future in a player, you just want to see more fight from them. And hey, again, young and it doesn't matter if they win, so you could understand. I mean, I don't think Draymond necessarily is playing at his full capacity in this kind of situation. This is this is why I hate the Warriors dynasty that that cropped up because ten years ago, we just would have been giggling over this kind of player on the Warriors, right? Mm. Like it's just it's the left-handed Monte to some extent, <laughs> and and now you, you like look at look at the elitist Ethan Strauss writes a book about a dynasty. Like just now he's he's thumbing his nose at D'Angelo Russ. Ten years ago, Ethan, you would have been all over this. I don't. No, I don't think I would have been all over it. I think back when Monte was playing for the Warriors, uh, I was th- saying that they should trade him because look, there's a difference in cumulative effect versus you're checking it out for a night on on league pass where I, I remember michael jordan would say hey you'd want to be me for a day you'd want to be me for a week you wouldn't want to be me for a year right like there's something about cumulative effect versus a one-time effect and i think monte was a guy where you watch the game hey he's going for 30 points this is fun you know this is cool but if you watched him night in and night out just pounding the shit out of the ball into the floorboards and not passing over time. You just got sick of it. I would say that for most people who are actually watching night after night, after night, after night. And I mean, it's just, I think that there's something to that. Now, I don't feel that way about Russell. I actually like watching Russell play offense. I don't feel the way I've felt about Monte, but yeah, I don't think that, 
I'll put it this way. When the Warriors were bad, with the exception of Anthony Randolph, I think people, for the most part, understood when they were getting served something bad. And I would also say, Anthony Randolph, pretty good career in Europe. No. Pretty good career Uh, in Europe. No, he's not playing against NBA players. Uh, Yeah, maybe maybe the Warriors just were not as well run as uh, some of these teams out in Europe. Yeah, because they weren't playing Juventus or whatever the hell that name is. <laughs> he was ahead of his time. Uh, but Dan said so, Juventus. Get out of here, Zach. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, you're going to talk to me about pronunciation of <laughs> no, European no, things, no, boss? Wow. Just the name drop of Juventus got me crying. <laughs> D'Angelo's best skill is his passing. Jochich. Um, on offense, right? So, like, I mean, he has actually got amazing feel on the offensive end. But he can't get to the hoop. So, you know, it's he's not like the hardest guy in the world to guard. He can get hot and shoot. But as far like he doesn't help Minnesota with the things that they struggle with, one of which oh. is leadership, right? But Dave, you know what he helps with? Getting that precious big three, the most hilarious big three in NBA history of Booker, Cat. <laughs> By the way, those three—they're like those three—are like a parody of what the common fan hates about the NBA. Oh God, yeah. (laughs) But we got to get a sitcom on that. Like that's that's a. Oh my God. Oh, it's just a Lonely Island sketch about basketball. That's what it is. (laughs) Just got to get that on. I want to see the behind the scenes by that. I, I picture them. I picture them. Like the scene in Zoolander at the gas station. Yes, right, exactly. Like, Dave, tell me you wouldn't want to watch that big three. I think that they could outdo the existing Timberwolves team as far as, like, blowing leads. Like, they could set records because, I mean. Oh, my God. By the way, I think, you know, of the three, like, Booker and Carl Anthony Towns clearly a little more consistent than than D'Angelo. But I would trust D'Angelo more, like, in a situation like, like they had last night where they were blowing a lead. Like I think D'Angelo could get you a bucket. Uh, he Ooh. just somehow like can do stuff when it, when it matters. Um, yeah. But except for play defense. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know that, that Anthony Randolph had such a, you know, such a long career with Real Madrid. Yeah. He's, he's uh, been great. <laughs> we're going to do an Anthony Randolph deep dive. Cause, he, cause yeah, he's well. not playing against NBA players. Guys. That's wrote. not the, that's not it's to kill a, the the you just talent don't see, in like, Europe. Four seasons, four seasons with Real Madrid, Listen, man. I mean, he's like the dog. Zach, <laughs> you sound just like Zach. You sound exactly like all those Luca haters before he came over. <laughs> Luca's good. Yeah, we've seen Anthony Randolph in the NBA. I, I, he sucks. Dude, you, you know the crazy thing about 20. Anthony Randolph in European Anthony Randolph, uh, career thirty eight percent from behind the arc. That's that's pretty crazy. You know who? You know who's he's the equivalent like of European Anthony Randolph? On eight oh my god. Yeah, Anthony Vesely. Randolph is shooting. John Vesley is is an MVP now, my friend. Right. Let's 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 but stick Jan Vesley. You guys, let's though. stick Jan Vesley back in the league and see what go, happens there. To, <laughs> go back to the Kobe conversation. This is another example, though, of a league that didn't know what to do with these types of guys back then. They, Jan like, Vesley was a five. Jan Vesley yeah. should have just played the five. Right. The and league I saw what happened. The league was still trying to push, you know, the the round pegs into square holes, and and, and now. You know, obviously, like Europe, they were a little bit ahead on that, on stretching the floor with bigs and and cr- providing space. I think Vesely and, and Randolph both back? could come back and contribute. And, and, yeah, the, but they don't the want to. I mean, they don't want to. The NBA come made back. the mistake when Anthony Randolph was there the first time. The NBA made the mistake of letting him make decisions with the basketball. That's the mistake they made. <laughs> I, and, just, and honestly, I'm, there's something to that. I'm shocked. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't lying. Fifty percent. Anthony Randolph has opened Guys, the I'm a season. I'm not doing an Anthony Randolph podcast. I'll end <laughs> this thing right now. I of swear to God. Actually, He's 44 you know what? of 88 from Zach, behind the arc. Zach, this is a great time. Hold on. This is a great time to talk about physical fitness and mental health. And thankfully, our friends at Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation. I need to meditate right now with this conversation. Has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. If you wear it out with nonsensical Anthony Randolph talk, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to worse sleep. And Calm can help you train your brain to sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. Uh, LeBron James says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things he does with his body and his mind. And by the way, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount. That's right, guys. A 40% discount 
by going to calm.com. That's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash back. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com. That's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash back. That's calm.com slash back. Hey, do you think there's like a, a European Grant Napier? I mean, I just... I, I, I mean, <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like Real Madrid basketball. <laughs> I don't know what accent that is. It's just standard European. <laughs> uh, um, by the way, Eric Gordon went for 50 last night. Hey, listen. Is James, Harden is, sy- is James Harden a system player? Yo, I mean, that's what I, that's Those, what I heard. The, the, the Rockies <laughs> played with so much spirit last night. I was like, who, what am I even oh, watching right now? It was crazy. Well, it they were just great. like, oh, my God, we get to touch the basketball. Oh, yes. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I think for, like, the first couple passes, they're like, "I wait, what? No, this is a mistake. I should not have the ball in my hands. What's going on here? Like, those guys just said, it was just shocking for them, man. That was amazing. And on the second night of a back-to-back, Tabo Cephalosha had a, a highlight. Yeah, I started watching that game, but then when I saw that the Rockets had the two guys out, I mean, I, I wanted to look at it from what's going to happen in the West. You know, what are the matchups? Houston has uh, had the upper hand in in recent in recent years, just because Rudy Gobert doesn't want to go out and be spaced like that, and the way Harden is just so smart about attacking their defense, but. I, look, I, I'm kind of excited about this Western Conference. I got to say, it's 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 a little. I, I, I don't I don't want to come off the idea that you've got the the top tier of the LA teams that's still there, but I think there's some upset potential, and there just seems to be. Let's face it, a lot of parity, a lot of parity out west. Nobody, nothing. <laughs> no, I mean you're right. You're, you're, you're right. right. I just didn't want to step on anybody's toes. But you know, like look at what the Jazz have been doing. Like they're they're twenty and five now with the loss in their last twenty five games um, since Joe Ingles went back in the starting lineup. Right, Conley's been out of the starting lineup. I mean, you know, Zach Dude, obviously. I love the Jazz. I love the Jazz now. I love the Jazz right. now. I love but, them. But last night exposed one of their big warts is that if you can get Gobert out in space. He's prone to get cooked. Now, he's going to catch up sometimes when he gets beat. Uh, he had a couple last night. But, I mean, I, I just think that, uh, you know, that's a rough scene. And, and you know that teams are – they already know this is the game plan. We're going to attack them this way. So they I think they need another little leap from yeah, Donovan Mitchell. they got to get a little bit more. They might need uh, a little more. It's tough. I mean, I know they beat the Mavericks, but, man, when they're just getting shelled – uh, by Porzingis and I mean the Mavericks are interesting because they've got that they, they, they've got that ultra setup of the uh, not just a spacing five but a, a five who's really shooting and shooting from far away uh, where they might be a matchup issue for certain teams and maybe they'll be able to upset one of those teams that uh, has a better record um, because I could see I could see the Jazz struggling with it but I, I love the Jazz. I, I, I'm I'm into this team. I like watching them. I think they're different. They've got shooters this time around. They're way better offensively. Um, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say they're going to win the championship, but I just I, I, I wish we talked about them more. I wish we followed them more. I wrote an article about them. I was just blown away by their locker room. Their locker room, I know when teams are winning, it's a happy place, but it's a hilarious, just freewheeling, fun place, more so than any road locker room that that I'd seen at least. And they're almost like the extroverted Spurs. That's what I feel about the Jazz right now, where they they they're kind of they're very professional, but they're very fun as well. I think Quinn Snyder. I mean, that's you know one of the things that that he's kind of been known for since he's been there. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, egalitarian offense and. Kind of a close-knit locker room. Guys, I have breaking news. From John Krasinski of The Athletic. Cat just had his shortest media availability of the season. Frustration level is very high. Okay, but he, he just he just signed an extension. Yes, but also... So figure it out. I have other news mm-hmm. from Chris Hine, who uh, covers the Wolves for the Star Tribune. Towns did say the system works, even amid his clear frustration. So I don't... I mean... What is the system? Yeah, what's the system? Well, the, sy- the system is spread the floor, a lot of threes, a lot of shots at the basket, attack the basket. That's the system. They they do have an actual system. They just don't have anybody who can hit shots outside of towns. 
yeah, if you don't have guys that can actually like hit shots, because that's kind of a key yeah. thing, is 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 the whole the system, any system, none of them will work. It doesn't matter. You could have the best system in the world. If these guys can't put it in the hole, it's over. It's just simple. Yeah. They, I mean, that's the thing. Like, they do, like, offensively and defensively, they do have actual systems in place. They just don't have the talent to execute it yet. Well, the system is down. That, that's the problem. And, uh, I mean, when, when you, again, I cannot stress this enough. When you pull Andrew Wiggins, who's actually having a great game, I mean, that, that's a coaching problem. I, I, I won't go like, that far. A, I mean, uh, a, they, they I, were I, up big. He thought the game was over. I mean, we've yeah. seen this before. Like, I'm not going to go so far to be like, that's a coaching problem. I, I don't think they have. I actually think Brian Saunders has done a phenomenal job this year. Like, they were winning games when Cat and, and Wiggins were out. Right. We like he's piecing together wins with like Covington and Josh Kogi and Shabazz Napier and Gorgie Jang. Like they like I think I think he can be better. So wait, what's what, what's with that? They had such a good stretch of basketball and Cat was out. They just like the defense was like the mm. like Gor- Gorgie played defense like and Cat Cat played defense really well. The first like 18 or 18, maybe 20 games of the season. And then as is what usually happens with the Wolves, they stopped playing defense after they proved that they could. And then Cat got hurt. Um, Wiggins got hurt or sick. I can't remember. I think he got sick. And then, uh, you know, they they just, I think they kind of surprised some teams. I think some teams weren't really taking them seriously because why would you at that point? And, yeah, they, like, snuck three or four wins in there. I think uh, D'Angelo Russell will fix it. I think that's the, uh, that's the, that's the road to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the one trading for him. Like, you got you to gotta call Gerson. <laughs> I mean, look, look, I, I try to be... Less certain because I just see crazy things happen. Young players, they surprise us. They're better than we thought. Um, I, I I would not be crazy optimistic about the future of that happened. That's just that's just my take. It just future of what happened. Uh, the Wolves future. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been the worst team since they came into the league. Like they have yeah. literally the lowest winning percentage. They've been relevant three times. <laughs> yeah, they could trade for Steph Curry. And it was yeah, so they, no, they would have. That's the thing. They would have screwed up Steph Curry. He wouldn't be the guy he is now. <laughs> it's just actually that's not true. He would be injured. That's he would what, be worse. Yeah. He, he would be worse than Johnny Flynn had they drafted him. Oh. Yes, but it's just kind of amazing how the nug or excuse me the. The Wolves for a while were that like this is the team like they're the next team to take over they're gonna be wait till they, these guys get older and then now we're just looking had, at them going like they had young talent oh they had young talent. young talent man that oh. that'd get you every get, time oh. hey were we too hard on Thibodeau I mean maybe the perspective on Thibodeau should shift <laughs> and say you think hey, firing him was gonna fix all your problems well uh, or just hey you know he did he did get to the playoffs uh within the wolves organization i mean maybe he's got a very old school basketball mentality and uh he's not with the modern times they needed to part ways but you know maybe in retrospect because i i remember looking at least at wolves twitter and thibodeau was the problem every day all day um yeah. and um well no more thibodeau and they're uh, there's been 15, a constant there's been a constant this entire time Right. Yeah. It's bad ownership. They yeah. Had bad ownership before Glenn Taylor, they had bad ownership yeah. with Glenn Taylor. Now, I do fully believe if Gerson Rosas is empowered and allowed to do what he wants to do, and they just say, like, yep, you say we got to pay this guy, we'll pay this guy. I do think he can fix it, but it's going to take like years to clean up that mess. Oh, I actually tried to do the math this morning. Gerson Rosas, very chantable name, you know, like oh, Gerson oh Rosas. Absolutely. Bump, 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 bump. For for those people that identify more with the front office than the players. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. the front office, Dave. Oh, I love um, the front office, just like Wallace. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I, root, I root for those Cassies, guys. Bump, bump, honestly, so, I see so, a lot of bump. myself. I try to do the math Lincoln. on this. Like, honestly, I just do. Yeah. Yeah, I see a, a lot, lot of, of you Botox in my future. Like, it's happening, Zach. I didn't move out here yeah. for nothing. I tried to do the math on a <laughs> where the on a rebuild for the. I tried to do the math on a rebuild for the for the Timberwolves, which is just seems crazy because and your they, calculator you know, said fuck off. Uh, pretty much, like <laughs> they they have you know one of the best players in the league that's under the age of twenty five. Yeah, um, that that's really what they have, right? Like they have Carl Anthony Towns. That's it, and you tank for years to hope to to get a Carl Anthony Towns and then build around him. But they are so screwed because of that Andrew Wiggins contract. And not to just make it all about the contract, but the thing is, like, because you have the salary cap, you pay that much money to a player that doesn't produce, 
in the way that he needs to. And you just, it, it's so hard to build up a winner. And, and this just goes back to Jimmy Butler and everything he said. And he was right. Oh, yeah, of course. Dead on. That Well, that was the thing I was like, when when Wolves fans were mad at Jimmy Butler, like that was the thing I kept saying. I was like, look, whether you think he's right or not, there are a lot of people around the league that agree with him. So like whether that whether it's accurate or not, like it's on the Wolves, it's on those players to prove that this is wrong. And they haven't done it other than like a month here and there, which obvi- which also doesn't prove that it's wrong. It, it actually proves it right of like, no, Jimmy's right. They're capable of doing this. They just mm-hmm. choose not to do it. Yeah. That's it. But yeah, it'd be like 2025, essentially, before they could God. have a hope for making the playoffs. I mean, have you know, because it's like four or five years to, have, to do have a full f- strip down. Have, have they fixed the media meal? Because that's a bottom five media meal. Oh, it's a bad <laughs> media meal, man. The only time I ever enjoyed it was if you got a Sunday matinee game. They had a pretty decent breakfast brunch spread. Oh, jeez. I, I was that, in there bad, and Glenn Taylor was in there eating it. So I'll say at least he's, you know, at least he's. Uh, I mean, that's a man who will. Pinch a penny here and there, like, yeah, when it, I mean, when, like he's willing. To, I'll give him this: he's willing to spend when it looks like they could be good. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened since like 2002. But yeah. they used to be in the luxury tax threshold, right? Like they used to spend; they just spent it on like Troy Hudson, yeah. but not on medium meals. Not on medium meals, Look, man, because that's, no, that's how you. It's no Miami. Miami no. is like Miami looks like uh, no matter what the meal is, it looks like sleepaway camp sloppy joes. <laughs> <laughs> like it could be like turkey sandwiches, and it's like, what are these? What are these sloppy joes? It's yeah, it's it's really for those who don't know the media meal. It's like you're a high school cafeteria in some in some arenas, and really, you know, you almost can't blame them because I can't find a correlation between the quality of the media meal and the quality of the team. No, because the Kings no. used to have one of the best. Well, the Wizards, uh, Fred, I, I thought the Wizards did a really good job. Mm, mid-tier. The Wizards are good. Uh, they're better for if you don't have it every day. Because yeah, it's, right. it's pretty solid quality food. The cumulative The same effect. four meats that are oh, kind of rotated it. between the same two or three sauces every single time. And so you get there and you're like, I've had this same meal 41 games in a row and I just need yeah. Something else. Houston is where it's at. I haven't had the Detroit. The Detroit one. I've heard good things. I haven't had it. Uh, Portland. They give you the charcuterie and the beer after the game. I mean, that's that's incredible. Staples can uh, can certainly have its moments. Uh, the worst ones in my experience. Uh, certainly, the Wolves are up there, if not the worst. Uh, Charlotte, really bad. Charlotte. I mean, my God, Michael Jordan, dude. Charlotte. You, you you get your water out of a dirty sink, uh, at least in my memory. You yes, know, you, you do. Yeah, New so Orleans, Fred, yeah, New I'm Orleans not, I'm too. Not, yeah, you just get it out of a dirty sink. What 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 is that? This is just an open air sink. You get your cup of water, you trudge over there, and you sink your water into existence. And then when you want tea, you pour it out of a reappropriated milk jug in in Charlotte. The the, the, the sink in Charlotte, it looks like a dentist's office. None of what you said sounds legal. Yeah, Michael Jordan's going to give people coronavirus without any infection coming from mainland China. Wow. And, and it, and, you know, actually, I was going to make a comment that then Jade was going to have to get approval for this, yeah. uh, this podcast. So we'll just wrap there. That's going to yeah. do it for Wazzy Lambert, for Dave DeFore, for Fred Katz, for Ethan Strauss. Uh, I'm missing my Mike Smeltz. Uh, Yo. Heel. I got you. Hold on. Jade Hoy. I'm Zach Harper. Thanks for subscribing to the pod. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast. Or if you're subscribed, to the athletic thank you and spread that uh, love around and make sure other people subscribe all right thank you guys fun thanks guys thanks guys trying new things now you're, you're doing always new stuff i i i still think I, I don't think that you're retired in my brain uh because you're so young and i think you're still the best basketball player out there right oh, now but i mean <laughs> i think you can can we work together with the help of your fans let's get can we get work on a deal and get you back for like 10 games a year <laughs> just do the playoff 
Yeah. Just, just, just come in, do the playoffs, leave, and then win a championship. Yeah, just know. Nah, I stopped at 60, dude. That's it. That's it, right? That's it, do you man. ever watch the games back and go, oh, I could probably do that one? Um, no, you know, I... I, I watched through the lens of my daughter, man. She loves playing basketball, so... And when we watch basketball, we'll watch it together, and that sort of thing. With both of my, both of our daughters, um, Natalia and Gianna. Yet again. Box to inbound, goes quickly to Shaq. Shaq left side to Ori, looking for Kobe to get some space against George Lynch. Two seconds, one second, Kobe, pump fake, Kobe for the win! Kobe, the dagger! <laughs> the dagger! In Kobe's hands, eight to go. Bryant's had an unbelievable quarter. He spins, he shoots, Lakers lead! Taking a little bit of time, one dribble, pull up, for the win, he's got it! The Lakers win! Kobe Bryant. Bryant dribbling, has to put it up for the buzzer, backs it in! <laughs> he backs in the three! And the Lakers win the game! Walton can tip it, Bryant with the save. Oh, you gotta get a shot here. Final seconds, Bryant for the win! Bang! 